welcome to yet another episode of concast the consulting podcast of consult consult is the consulting club of nibm pune an rbi governed institute on today's episode of concast we are privileged to have with us mr anirban sinha sir senior consultant in business operations at deloitte sir before we begin can you please uh, share with us your journey and your uh, role at deloitte so thank you so much for having me here It's a real honor to be a part of students once again, and to come back to college campuses, interact with young minds like you. So I, I am an engineer, and uh, then I started my journey right after engineering in the manufacturing world with one of the largest companies in India, where I used to work as a maintenance manager. Post which I felt the need to go for an MBA primarily because I wanted to, you know, kind of develop my business skills along with the technical skills. and the obvious migration choice was to get into operations and supply chain so i chose nitty and uh, post which i was very lucky to land up into consulting which happened very suddenly because i did not really plan it but uh, initially my plan was let me just explore how it goes maybe a year or two and then i'll probably think about moving out but then i fell in love with consulting so i am a part of the manufacturing excellence team with deloitte india we work mostly with the indian clients in helping clients understanding how to improve your business operations how to improve your manufacturing excellence how to improve your supply chain how to leverage technology and digital into improving your everyday working and yes it's been a part uh, i have been a part of the organization for more than 6 years now and uh, it's going great so i think that is uh, that sums up my journey that is truly an inspiring journey sir So uh, we will now begin with our first question for today. Uh, how does digital transformation help in value creation? Okay. Uh, so see, for any organization, irrespective of which industry they are a part of, there are two objectives. One is your financial objective. One is your non-financial objective. So from a financial objective standpoint, any organization tries to understand that how can I leverage. technology exponential technology or any aspect of digital to improve my revenue which is my top line and the other way to look at it is how can i uh, leverage technology to reduce my cost of operations which is my bottom line so that is my financial objective the other objective is non financial that is becoming extremely important now because now organizations have to look beyond financial objectives so questions like how can i leverage technology to improve uh, safety of my operations how can i leverage technology to improve my uh, my uh, how how can i leverage technology to improve climate change the very important concept that is being driven by any organization now irrespective of which sector they are in is esg which is environment social governance so a lot of a lot of uh, importance is being given to understand that what is the power of technology to drive climate change to reduce the impact that organizations have on the environment so this is uh, this is how comp- organizations are looking broadly of how to leverage the power of technology now if i can drill down looking at a financial objective point of view so one of the biggest advantages that technology has helped organizations to do is to understand the market better understand customer behavior customer preferences and hence make your decisions in real time and make them more accurate so that you can reduce your inventory you can understand what the customer wants you can quickly adapt to change especially look at an industry like a fashion industry okay where 
trends come and go in every year or maybe uh, you know in the fast moving consumer goods industry also trends change and basis that you have to understand what to make how to assess demand so organizations are leveraging the power of technologies like machine learning algorithms artificial intelligence industrial iot to make their forecasting tools much more accurate much more better and to ensure that they can take decisions in real time so that's how technology is being used to drive the top line from a bottom line perspective which probably will be more relevant for you that is how is companies are uh, using technology to reduce their operating cost therein companies are trying to understand how to understand inefficiencies leakages wastages earlier what was more manual driven how do you replace that with technology so as to have a greater control on the processes so that in turn will help you reduce your inefficiencies bring in more standardization improve your productivity improve efficiencies and thereby reduce your bottom line cost from a non financial objective perspective organizations are trying to understand like for example say one of the most polluting uh, industries is steel so steel companies are leveraging a lot of technology to understand what are the emission levels how can you reduce it how can you prevent accidents that's that's a that's a huge thing that has happened like for example uh, if i talk about technologies like say smart helmet okay so what is smart helmet doing so if any worker is going in an area where he shouldn't be going there is an alarm that is immediately sounded in the control room so you can prevent accidents you can increase your safety so that's how uh, in a very broad manner we can say that that's how digitalization is impacting and driving uh, uh, the operations or whatever in whichever industry that's the impact of technology and so that was very insightful and the examples could really help us understand how technology is uh, helping in uh, business operations and value creation so uh, sir so the next question is uh, how does the hr human resources assist in adopting to digital change in an organization okay so i have uh, driven at least uh, 7 to 8 digital transformation engagements and the most com- one common factor among all these were that how does my people see you can bring in technology to develop infrastructure you can make all your machines smart you can if you have the money if you have the right vision you can change your infrastructure and make it entirely smart but the productivity and efficiency end of the day will depend on the people who are working for you right so people have to adapt to change the first thing is people have to be open to the change second is they have to adapt to the change and third is how do you ensure that you develop the right skill sets and the right capabilities in your people to use technology in the right way what we in the consulting world call is how do you create a digital dna in your organization so that as uh, one of the large, uh, one of the ceos of one of the largest companies say that i want my organization to think digital talk digital and act digital so that's 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 how you that's what the objective is so primarily any kind of change that has to uh, has to be impacted by the hr is uh, impacted through a process called change management so in change management typically what is done is you divide your entire human resource into three buckets or three levers so bucket number one are people who are very quick to adapt to any kind of change so somebody like say all of you you know you have the age on your side you are very uh, technology savvy you have access to social media so most important is you have access to information 
which probably somebody who's 20 years older to you might not. So that is bucket number one. Bucket number two are people who are in general very, very quick to adapt to any kind of change, whether it is technology change or whether it is something else. They might not be people who are the first movers, but given the right inspiration, they will they have the capability of adapting to that change. And bucket number three are people who have a lot of experience in one particular area and hence sometimes they feel a little insecure to move out of their area of expertise because they feel that if there is a massive change that is happening, then I will lose the value that I used to have. So the, the most important challenge is that you cannot let go of any of these three buckets. You have to work with all the three. So what kind of strategies will you take to motivate all the people and to ensure that your entire, as I said, entire organization has a digital DNA. So that's, that's the key challenge that HRs are having. If you ask me that, have Indian organizations been 100% successful in driving change management? My answer would be no. There are organizations which are very mature, like you say, uh, Hindustan Unilever or a Procter & Gamble. These kind of organizations are very, very mature in terms of technology adoption. In the manufacturing world, I can take the examples of, say, maybe a Tata Steel. But the lot of organizations which are in the middle sector, a lot of organizations which are in the MSME sector, face tremendous challenge in driving change management, understanding how do you develop these capabilities. In terms of, if you ask me ki, what are the uh, key elements of this change management, the first would be driving a vision alignment workshop, which we generally know call as greenhouse workshop. Wherein the first thing is that you have to make your people aligned with the vision of the organization. That's the first thing. There cannot be a disconnect. All of you must have heard of something called ownership mindset, right? Which organizations have been trying to drive for more than 25 years now. So this was one of the key aspects of operations excellence, which McKenzie had introduced back in the 90s. So what is, what is the importance of ownership mindset? Ownership mindset primarily means that I am accountable to the organization. I am not just an employee. I am not just there to deliver, take my salary and go back home. No, the process which I am driving, I am the owner of it. Therein the concept of process owner came into picture. So here also the same concept is applicable that people have to be aligned with the vision of the organization and accordingly understand key to achieve that vision. What is the role that I need to play and accordingly deliver? So that's the first thing, vision alignment. The second thing is understanding where the capability mismatch is there. That is a very big challenge, which a lot of consulting organizations have been driving. We too do drive, wherein you understand ki this is my current talent pool. And these are my current capabilities, which my talent pool has. This is the as is state to reach to a level of complete automation or complete digitalization. These are the additional, uh, additional skill sets or additional capabilities, which have to be driven. And then you identify specific people, sets of people to drive in those skill sets. Like for example, say, let's give an example, say, uh, uh, even till last five, six years, most of the organizations, even the mature ones used to have their dashboards on Excel. I have done SNOP projects in 2016, 17, where they used to drive completely on Excel only. Nowadays, when you have to move in from an Excel, say, or say to a Tableau or a power or a power BI, it is not a very massive change, but it needs a mindset change. Somebody who has been doing that for multiple number of years on Excel, he might feel ki agar kal tableau a gaya, then I might not be able to, you know, match that skill set. The first thing through this workshop that is driven is that giving him that assurance that boss, you have the capability of adapting to that. It's not rocket science. 
once he himself acknowledges that i can go up there then that process becomes very easy then you can have you know a trainings workshops so on and so forth so that's that's gradually how we develop uh, the change management program it's a it's not a one day thing it's not a one month thing it happens over a period of time that's in a nutshell how hr has a very big role to play in, in technology ad- adoption yes certainly i mean the mindset is where it all begins from so uh, the next is a very interesting question that we have for you so uh, what is a smart factory and how does it work if you could just uh, tell us in brief uh so i won't get into the details of a smart factory because that would unnecessarily bore you so i'll tell you what exactly is a smart factory okay a smart factory is nothing but a factory where everything is connected so all machines are talking to each other that's that's primarily what a smart factory is where everything that you have inside the factory starting from your machines to your assets to your people to whatever you can say everybody is talking to each other now how do you achieve that you achieve that through sensors through artificial intelligence like for example i'll i'll give you an example to uh, make it easy say you have a compressor uh, or is it getting too too technical let's not let's take one machine whatever machine it is okay machine one machine one is operating machine one say has some operating parameters there is an operator who goes to take the data from machine one and he logs it machine one breaks down there is a person who goes and repairs it that's how you is to happen now imagine if you have a system which is centrally controlled where machine one can talk to that system that is that system is recording whatever is happening inside machine one in real time and if something is about to go wrong that is also being captured there like for example i'll give you an example say think about humans okay when you fall sick you don't suddenly fall sick right there are symptoms which come now think about an algorithm which can understand your symptoms and predict when you will fall sick then you can actually take measures before you actually fall sick so that in consulting language or in industry language is called predictive analytics so the biggest aspect of a smart factory is predicting failures predicting changes predicting the outcome so predictive analytics is the most important aspect of a smart factory how do you connect all all aspects of smart factory so let us look at it from a value chain perspective i'll make it simple for me you are all mba students you understand what value chain is for any organization the first thing is planning right you have to plan planning has two aspects one is your demand and supply planning that is you understand ki what is the demand in the market what product is in demand which are my customer segments you must have learned stp segmentation targeting positioning and then basis the demand you decide what to make so so suppose you are in the uh, in the business say of making toothpaste you understand that this is my target market and in this quarter this is going to be the demand for my toothpaste accordingly i tell my manufacturing unit ki i will be selling around 1000 units this month so you make 1000 units right now imagine that i predict my demand to be 1000 units but the actual market is say 500 units so what happens i am left with 500 unit of excess inventory i have wasted my money and i have to store it somewhere so my warehouse costs also go up imagine the opposite situation think that say i predicted the demand to be 1000 units but it is actually 2000 units 
So I am at a loss. I can cater to my market, but since I did not predict correctly, I have lost. So therein comes this aspect of smart planning. That is, you use the power of artificial intelligence, you use the power of machine learning to actually get into the details of customer behavior, details of how the market is growing, what are the new trends and technologies that are coming into the market, which can possibly impact your demand and create and ensure that the forecast, demand forecast is accurate to the highest possible extent. I'll give you a fantastic, very interesting example, which I came across around three, four months back. So Walmart has installed artificial intelligence cameras in their stores to understand how and why customers buy. So what is that AI, uh, AI camera doing? I'll tell you. So generally, when you see all of you must be going to any supermarket at some point of time, right? And you check out products from the shelf, not necessarily that you buy everything. So you take a product, you maybe look at it, it looks interesting to you and you keep it back to the shelf and go. AI camera is going to help you in understanding why did you take, not take, buy it? Why did you keep it back into the shelf? Is it because of the pricing? Is it because that you, uh, if it was a completely new product for you, something that you never tried and at that point in time, you don't want to try it? Is it because of the packaging? Is it because of how it looks and feels? That's, these are very important things. So these are subtle changes to understand why. So basis that they can plan their inventory, basis that they know which products are highest selling products, which products are low selling products, which products are highest selling in which region, which products are most appealing to which sets of consumers. What, so, so, they, so you understand, right? So these, all these factors have come in together through the power of technology. One of the main, most important aspects of, smart, of a smart factory which is helping you to assess your demand in a much better way. The other most important aspect of a smart factory is agility and flexibility. Now, you know, how does that important uh, impact your everyday operations? So as I said, all equipments are connected to each other. So you can predict your failure. So your breakdown losses are much lower. Safety, you can ensure that no accidents are happening on the shop floor. See, accidents not only impact human life, they are also impacting your productivity your reputation, your brand. Tomorrow when you hear that so many accidents are happening at a particular company, you're automatically that reputation goes down. Think about uh, the, the Bhopal gas tragedy. If you look at, if you ever have time, just Google it and you will see that Union Carbide at that point of time was one of the highest revenue making companies. One accident and after that human, Union Carbide got wiped off. So this is the power. So this can actually happen and this has actually happened. These are examples that we have. So these are the two aspects. Then, as, as I said, agility and flex and flexibility. Agility and flexibility mostly means that today, say you are you are having a particular uh, manufacturing unit where you are making X product. Tomorrow, if the requirement for X product goes down, how fast can I move into producing Y? What is that gestation period? In most of the cases, I'll, I'll give you a fantastic example, which I was talking to a client yesterday would be. So uh, you must have heard of these affordable housing schemes, which the government of India has brought in, right? To ensure that there are a lot of, especially in the rural market, creating houses. So if any of you have ever thought that how are rural market houses made? So they used to use reinforced concrete and then there used to be a sheeting on top of that for the uh, ceiling. Now, as per the government rules to make the houses more, uh, make the houses more pakka, I would say in simple language and to ensure that they are earthquake resistant, ensure that, uh, you know, during monsoons, people are not getting affected. 
they are saying that you have to put in pipes <coughs> under the sheet these are called stainless steel pipes okay so due to this government scheme suddenly the demand for this pipes has gone up now i'll tell you none of the integrated steel makers are making pipes because that is a loss making market who will want to make pipes and sell it at a 2% 3% margin but now that the demand has gone up to such an extent you have to capitalize that market so question is how fast can you change your operations to ensure that you can start making pipes because if that period is long then somebody else will take that market up if tata steel cannot immediately change to that then a steel authority or a jsw will suddenly come and take that market so this is something very important that how do you adapt to change very very fast so that's also a very important aspect of smart factory and then coming from uh, 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 the downstream part of our value chain how do you ensure that your distribution channel is well controlled i think you definitely must have a, a, a of a term called visibility smart factory or any kind of technology the biggest as impact that it has had on a smart factory is that it has created more visibility for the organization i'll give you an example say there is a truck which goes out of your plant to the final distribution center it is going through a route of say it is traveling from say west bengal to maharashtra it's a very long route right how do you track your truck you can track your truck through gps you can track your truck through multiple applications through iot and so on and so forth so that visibility gives you the power to control the route which is taking then you can optimize your route that visibility ensures you to understand by when can you get that material so it can help you plan your whatever your inventory planning your production planning all of that in a proper in a linear stand, standardized way so in a nutshell smart factory as i started by saying that smart factory is basically connecting everything having higher amount of control having better visibility and in turn having better transparency so if there is a transaction that is getting created financial transaction that is getting created say at the lowest level on a click of a button all the people who are stakeholders to that will have visibility over it so transparency is increasing visibility is increasing agility is increasing flexibility is increasing in turn everything is getting connected that's that's how a smart factory works i know that i have not been able to explain to that great an extent i was intentionally trying not to get too technical on this but hopefully it has helped you that was truly very well explained sir i mean i think uh, we now very well know what a smart factory is and uh, the examples were really helpful in understanding the concept as well so uh, sir just as any organization has to face uh, some issues what common obstacles did you experience in uh, driving operations excellence see one of the biggest issue is revenue uh, is uh, roi return on investment typically indian organizations uh, when you compare them to uh, global organizations indian organizations mostly are promoter driven organizations okay where the immediate thought process is that if i do this how, by when am i going to get my money back i am being blatantly honest this is how organizations think if you look at global organizations they are more pro to accepting ki theek hai chalo this is better for the way i uh, this is better for environment this is going to give me a long term dividend this is how the trend is going to change okay so for example say uh, if you talk about if you went to organizations in 2000 and said that i want to create a business online people would have laughed at you because the questions would come that nobody has internet fast internet is not there but then you have to have that vision that maybe a reliance jio can come reliance jio was a game changer right 
think about this before 2016 and i was a part of reliance when jio was launched i was not working in jio but i was in the organization so when jio was launched honestly even i had that mindset that you know 4g is not something that india would be interested in india is a is a low margin consumer economy wherein people are very cost sensitive who would want to go there but then 4g completely changed the way so that's how that's how organize big organizations think right so biggest challenge i would say is uh uh ensuring that the the organizations are agree to that return on investment that's that's one of the biggest challenges the other big challenges as i have already mentioned during change manage change management is that how are people reacting to it because no matter whatever change you drive in the organization no matter whatever change in the infrastructure you do how much of money you invest if your people are not adapting to that change and they are not willing to accept that change from the core of their heart you cannot actually drive any organizational excellence whether it is uh, operations excellence whether it is uh, anything 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 has to be ultimately the core is the your human resource so uh, this is the second key challenge third and most key challenge i think which would be helpful for all of you you can definitely think about it do some more research and this will be really helpful for you is data data is a big problem organizations have a lot of data but if i tell you i have seen mature semi mature smes everything i have seen common problem is that everybody has a lot of data but structured data is not there what we in consulting terminology call a single source of truth that is your data flow has to come from one particular single point and it has to be governed in such a way that you are 100% sure that whatever data you are receiving is correct so that's the first challenge that we face that we have a lot of data but we are not sure of 50 60% of the data that is how genuine that data is what is the error margin in that data that's what second point is that as i said structured data very big challenge how much you you will see for any typical organization a lot of data is flowing in you have customer reviews you have people doing scans this that but how do you structure that data how do you put all that data into one platform so that you can analyze that data if you have too much of unstructured data you won't be able to analyze it third is what to understand from that data what is it that you are trying to understand what are the hypotheses that you are trying to test because see this is the first first thing if you are if you don't know how to use your data if you don't know how to structure your data if you don't know what is it that you're looking for in the data everything else will not fall in place everything else the first starting point is data so this is the third key problem that uh, typically we face and the fourth is that uh, you know there is something called spoiled for choices okay so what has happened now is that you guys must be following shark tank <laughs> so i just want to take that example that startup ecosystem is wonderful but when you have too many startups offering too many types of innovative products organizations get confused i'll i'll give you an example today if you you will be uh, joining organizations in the next one or two years you will see that if you want to drive any digital change na whether it is in supply chain operations finance procurement planning anything you want to do you will have at least 200 startups who are wanting to do it for you now as the organization how do i understand which is good for me i don't have any metric to do that so this is a very big challenge that we face so generally organizations then say ki let us bring in a consulting company the job of the consultant is to analyze all these solutions and propose the best solution for me now we go to organizations and say say that we are champions pioneers to do that but 
See, we are also new. <laughs> All these things, the entire change is new. So we are also evolving, developing with time. So this is a very big problem that organizations face that when you have limited choices, it's easier for you to choose. But when you have too many choices, it becomes very, very difficult. Because then it becomes the fear of losing out. Because say, if you are choosing one particular solution over the other, and then somebody tells you that is better, then you feel that I have lost out. You know, typically for ERP systems, I'll give you the example of ERP because I think you will be aware of that. The two most commonly used ERP system is SAP and Oracle, right? There are some uh, brothers and sisters of uh, ERP as well. Like for example, Microsoft Azure, you have Lighthouse, XYZ. But two biggest players are SAP and Oracle. Key problem and consulting companies make mint money out of this. Organizations don't know which to use. The consultant's job is to go and suggest the best. So see, ERP, the example why I took is because ERP is not a new concept, right? It's been there for ages now. Still organizations don't know which to use. So this is a very key problem that is there with any kind of digital transformation operations excellence. When you have too many choices, you don't know which to use. The last one, which I would say is the ability to prioritize. This is a huge big problem. I'll tell you why, because see, any digital problem, any digital solution or any technology does not give you immediate return. It takes a time. It, over a period of time, you can realize that those returns. Like an example, say from HR, I'll give you. Uh, say, uh, if somebody tells you that through L&D, you know, learning and development, right? Learning and development is important in your, any organization. Now, if somebody tells you, us through learning and development of my senior management, how much of revenue has increased? Can you ever say that, that correlation? That because I invested in learning and development, because I invested in the fact that my seniors will now get more exposure, more trainings, cross-functional skills, how does that directly contributed to my revenue? Nobody in the world can say that. It is next to impossible to calculate that. Similarly, for digital transformation or for any kind of technology adoption, you cannot say that just because you did this, your revenue has increased to this. Some cases you can, but in many cases you can't. So in this kind of a scenario, organizations become skeptical in investing. And most of the organizations in India are in the middle sector. The top ones are there, but if you take the bulk, the risk appetite is in generally low. So this is a huge, big challenge that we face. How do you convince the client that, you know, this, there is a risk appetite, but you have to have that strategic vision. So creating that strategic vision is a huge, big challenge. So I think in a nutshell, this sums up the key challenges. There are obviously other organizational challenges, but they vary from organization to organization. But for any organization, for a broader perspective, from a student's point of view, data, risk appetite, and ROI. These are the three key challenges. Okay, sir. Uh, so lastly, uh, what skills should consultants acquire to adapt to the uh, digitalization? So I would say answer this question from a student's perspective, since all of you are MBA students just about to enter the or uh, corporate organization. So whichever field you go, okay, you might go, to, you might want to make a career in sales, sales, sales and marketing, and get into consulting, you can get into finance, whatever you want to do in life. The most important skill is today is to develop an analytical mindset. See, technology education you will get. Okay, you might have knowledge about some tools right now. Once you start working, you'll have more knowledge. And today's knowledge will become irrelevant tomorrow. 
tomorrow's knowledge will become irrelevant the day after that's how technology is changing in 2010 electronics engineer and think about yourselves you must be 2018 19 graduates right think about that i mean huge skill set change right but what will help you in adapting to any change that is your analytical mindset and when i say analytical mindset develop this habit this is very important habit that how do i structure my thought process so always this is very important so always think that whenever you are trying to do something even if it is a college project or a college assignment you should always think what is the objective what is it that i'm trying to achieve now where i where i am right now now to go from here to there what are the three four things that i need to do when you chalk that thing out the one two three four ye char cheez mujhe karna hai then automatically you will see that you will get great visibility that to achieve to do this what is it that i need to do the second thing what is it that i need so your entire process is very analytic and structured i'll tell i'll give you an example if you are good at excel you can master sql in two days and if you are good in excel and sql you can master a tableau in one day so the fundamental has to be very very strong so the key message that i'm trying to drive is that focus on your fundamentals that is very very that are, that is very important second is as i said analytical skills analytical skills are very very important so you should definitely focus on whenever you see data in front of you you should understand ki what are the key hypotheses that i can make out of it you can use n number of tools to do that but always remember a tool is as good as you tool doesn't have a mind of its own so if you feed the right input to the tool don't only you will get the right output from the tool so these two things third and as i said always build build focus on building a structured mindset that will really help you go a long way and fourth skill is to be very very focused on what you want to do in life i know it's not a skill but it's very important don't get swayed with the crowd because i see a lot of students sometimes i myself have done it uh, as as well is that uh, 20 of my friends want to do this so let me also do this because this is very very charming aspiring everybody is getting into this but that's not that's not how you should think you should think what is it that i want to be in life maybe it is not something that everybody else is wanting but i want it and hence to reach there what is it that i should do if you are focused and structured in life you will go a long way maybe you might sometimes you might not achieve success in the short run but eventually in the long run you will achieve a lot of success i'll give you an example of one of my friends when he graduated with me he always wanted to make a career in logistics any b school across the country you will not find anybody saying i want to make a career in logistics but this guy had a very clear mindset and because his parents had a business in the logistics industry and all of that when he graduated from M- after mba he did not he got a logistics company but that was a startup very very small company his compensation was also much much lower to what others were getting so he was so focused in life and sometimes even we used to make fun of him that in spite of getting shortlist from some of the uh, uh, top players he did not even sit for them or even if he sat he tanked them so we used to tell him ki what is wrong with you you are getting a uh, amazon and you are saying i don't want to sit for this interview but this guy was focused ki boss amazon is not what i want to do amazon is great but it's not something that i want to do in life so he started with a very small company he uh, worked there for around 2 to 1/2 years developed his skills and from there he went to a slightly better company but then the struggling phase was still there today as we talk he is a manager with one of the leading consultants companies in our country and when i say leading it is in the top 4 and uh, his compensation is at least 2.5x of what 
uh, most of us started at. And uh, most important thing is that even partners consult him because in that particular area, he's almost become an expert now. So, so that's the vision that I think, I, so I give this case study to you because I, I personally have been very inspired from this guy. So I think uh, you should have that focus in your mind. Don't get swayed with the crowd and analytical mindset. That's the most important skill. Everything else will follow and the right attitude, attitude to change attitude to say that, you know, just because I have a particular skill set and I'm great at it does not mean that I will not be open to learning something new. So keep learning something new. Doesn't matter whether it is helping you in the short run or not. Eventually, whatever you learn in life will pay back in some form or the other. That's very important. I think I'm done. <laughs> yes, sir. Truly, we will definitely try to inculcate all the skills that you mentioned. And uh, thank you so much, sir, for this enlightening conversation. I'm sure those present here and the ones listening uh, to the podcast could get deep insights about um, digital transformations and operations and the role of digital transformation. 